Today on episode 16 of the Be A Marketer podcast, you'll hear from an email marketing coach that knows you can't be an expert in everything. And I'm sharing why it's okay to be a laggard in marketing as long as you're focused on the tried and true. This is the Be A Marketer podcast. My name is Dave Charest, Director of Small Business Success at Constant Contact, and I've been helping small business owners like you make sense of online marketing for over 16 years. You can be a marketer, and I'm here to help. Well, hello, friend, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. As always, I am grateful for your attention. You know, when it comes to marketing these days, some people are what we call early adopters. And of course, at the other end of the spectrum, there are people who, well, are not, (laughs) right? So now early adopters, they like to jump into every new platform or feature, and they really want to see how they can use it to boost their business. Now, oftentimes, of course, this can give these people kind of an advantage over other people because they get into this thing first. But There's usually a heavy time investment involved. And of course, there's a learning curve for these people. And then, of course, there, as I mentioned, there are those people who are slow to adopt to the new things happening in the space. And and they don't really care to chase every new and shiny thing that comes along. And frankly, they'd rather not feel like they have to do everything in order to be successful. Now, regardless of the type of person that you are, there is, of course, one thing that's been proven to work time and time again for businesses. And that, of course, is email marketing. In a constant contact, we believe that it's the backbone of any digital marketing strategy. So my suggestion to you is to start by putting your energy into the tried and true. That way, whether you want to experiment with new things or you just want to hang back until you're feeling more comfortable, you'll at least have something generating sales and giving you that freedom to choose. In today's episode, You'll hear that sentiment echoed throughout. Well, friend, today's guest, Ken Countess, has been an email marketing coach for over 22 years. He's also a Constant Contact certified partner. Now, about a year and a half ago, Ken connected with a business coach who helped him see some things he couldn't see on his own. One of the problems with being so close to your own business. His coach asked him a simple question. What the heck do you do? And that's how KenIsEmail.com came about. You see, Ken chose to focus his business on what he enjoys the most, teaching people how to use email marketing. Ken also believes that one person can't be an expert in every part of marketing. And this is why he outsources to trusted partners when his clients have other needs. I asked Ken how he got started as an email marketing coach. Let's pick up the conversation there. Ken, I'm curious, you know, you've been doing this, like I said, you've been in business here for 22 years. How'd you get into this industry? By accident. (laughs) I feel like I've heard this a few times. So what was the accident? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the accident was that I I had worked for Motorola for a long, long time. I was there actually, as it turns out, 22 years. I guess that's a magic number for me. So I'd been working for them and and I worked out of offices in Florida. Then they moved us to Texas. And then they said, okay, Ken, your next job is in Chicago. I said, thank you. I will take what's behind door number two. (laughs) And I knew what that was. It was severance, which was fine because at that point I decided that I really didn't want to work for a big company anymore. And so I started consulting. And the consulting was doing things like 
back in 2001, building websites, you know, primitive as they were. Sure, yeah. And you could still hear the modem dial-up stuff <laughs> going on at that point. Watching the page load as the... <laughs> yeah, waiting, go out and get a cup of coffee, and when it came back, it might be done. Uh, but starting to do that and learning what keywords were all about and so on. And uh, I went to work for a company just because I needed something more to do. Uh, I went to work for a company that today is part of Honeywell. And they were using constant contact, just so happened. And so I was running the marketing department. And so I, because I wanted to know how this email marketing thing worked, I thought, wow, this is a pretty easy way to reach our customer base. And at that point, I think they had about 3,000 people on their list. And about two years later, when I left the company, there was a constant contact a workshop being held in my area. And I went and attended and I saw the presenter and I said, you know, I could do what she's doing. <laughs> and I enjoyed being a presenter. I'm a former broadcaster, right? I was on radio for quite a long time. And I thought I would love to be in front of the room teaching businesses how to be better marketers, because I knew that there was a real dearth of people who did that, who would be able to stand in front of a group and talk in plain language to help someone understand how to build their business. And I became a constant contact authorized local expert a year or so after that. And the rest is history. I've probably at this point taught 10, well, I know for a fact, not that I think, I've taught over 10,000 business owners how to use digital marketing. And most of it starts with email. Was starting your own business something that you always thought you were going to do? No, never. I always thought, gee, this, this is a pretty cool gig. You go to work for a big company. They've got the big wallet, the big budget. I'll just do what I need to do to help grow their businesses. And you know, I introduced some product lines that did hundreds of millions of dollars of business over my corporate career. So it was nice having the steady paycheck, the great benefits, the stock options, the health plans, all that stuff. But what I found, I would say I was probably about 15 years into my 22 at Motorola, where I started to think, I don't really enjoy this. I'd much rather be on my own, but I didn't have the reason to step out and start being an entrepreneur. It was too easy to stay on a corporate payroll. But as time went on, the more disenchanted I became because I felt, you know what, I have a lot more to offer as someone who can work with business owners who know themselves that they don't have maybe the time or desire to market their business. They'd rather be out selling their widgets, but they still needed to keep the funnel full. And we didn't talk about it as funnels way back then. I mean, we're talking 2001. Nobody was talking funnels then. But when you just sit down across the table or side by side with somebody and say, you know, if you did this and this and this, it would be a lot easier for you to generate more sales. They go, oh, really? Oh, can you do that for me? And that That's kind of how I really got into my own gig. And I love it. I've never looked back, by the way. Well, so which is why I'm curious as to did you have any doubts, though, when you first get it started? No, I didn't have any doubts. I was wondering how long it would take to replace my corporate income because I was kind of moving up the food chain very nicely and, you know, having a six-figure income back before the turn of the century. It sounds weird to say it that way, <laughs> but that's what it was. 
you know, being able to replace that, I was, you know, I wondered how long it would take. It turned out it didn't take as long as I thought it would. But the satisfaction was so much greater. Oh, my gosh. For those who have half an inkling to go out on their own, if you have the wherewithal to do it and the stomach for the ups and downs of being a small business, you know, once you kind of get into the groove, it's so much fun. What do you love most about owning your own business now? Well, you know, they say when you own your own business, you kind of call, you know, you create your own hours. Well, you kind of do, but kind of don't because you're, I wouldn't say it would be a lie to say I work 24 seven, but you're always thinking about your business. You're never really totally unplugged. I wake up really early in the morning. So now, at, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking about, okay, what have I got coming up today? What am I going to do to help grow the business? What am I going to do to help clients? And so if I happen to get up during the night or before I go to bed the night before, I'm already writing down a list of the clients I want to talk to the next day, the things that I know they need that they should know about. So you're always on. You're never really off. You're never 100% unplugged. Even when you go on vacation, you're still thinking about your business and thinking about your clients. And that wasn't so much the case on a corporate payroll. When you walked out the door, five, six, seven o'clock at night or whatever time it was, you, you were able to kind of let things go until you walked back in the door the next day. It's not like that when you're a small business, when you're an entrepreneur. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, when you think about, you wouldn't have it any other way. You're doing this for 22 years. What is it that keeps you going today? Part of it is not knowing what the next day brings, right? Part of it is you, you kind of know, I, you know, I'm standing here, you know, in front of a camera with a whole list of things that I uh, have yet to do yet today and things that I know will leave for tomorrow. But the excitement, the anticipation of what the new day brings, that juices me up. When you think of what you've done to get to this point where you are now, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment in the business so far? That I've helped dozens, literally dozens of customers be more successful. My favorite story is of someone who attended one of my workshops. It was a constant contact workshop, as it turns out. And it was in Daytona at the Daytona airport. And it was a session about email marketing, just the basics. How do you get started? What's the difference between email marketing and Google AdWords, for instance? And I vividly remember this, Dave. At the end of the session, this woman came up to me and said, you know, I've got this business. We've been doing about $50,000 a year in sales. And I said, oh, well, how are you generating sales? She says, oh, we've been using Google AdWords. I said, well, how's that working for you? And she said, honestly, it's like flushing money down the toilet. <laughs> She said, you know, but I like what you had to say. And it seems like this email thing makes sense because everybody checks email. I said, well, I'll tell you what, let me set you up. Let me teach you what to do. And Dave, with very little coaching, within six months, she dropped Google AdWords the day she started using email marketing. In six months, she went from 50000 to 300000 in revenue. Six months. And by the end of the year, 750000 So it's stories like that that keep me going. And by the way, Patty and I, the client, we talk often. She's like, you know, you changed my life. 
And to me, it wasn't that I did a whole lot of training. She picked up on it and ran with it. I got to imagine, because I want to go into this a little bit. I love that story for one. And I know, you know, look, I speak a lot too. And and just seeing small business owners see the light bulb kind of go off and be like, oh, okay. Like that's something I should get into. And I'm going to imagine and correct me if I'm wrong, but just doing it and not even doing anything, I would say too advanced, right? Like I, obviously I don't know what strategically you implemented or you guys talked about, but I would imagine that a lot of that came from doing kind of like the basic things. Am I wrong with that or? No, you're right on the money. Very basic things. Her business, and you know, you can, you know, have a similar story for different businesses. She's in promotional products. And so her emails are really simple. A subject line, a picture, and a call to action. You know, click here to see our online catalog. Yeah. And it was that simple. It's amazing. I bring that up because like, I think oftentimes people will mistakenly think that there's something too complicated. And then plus, when you start to see like all of the things that are out there, it's like about doing all of these things that feel like there's a lot involved with it. And like, look, it's not that you can't do those things. Like, and I think that's a great way to think about it is that like, start with the basics, build a strong foundation and then say like, okay, this is working. We know what else can I do? Right. And then you can start to get more advanced with it. But that's one of the things I personally love about email is that you can start where you are and then build on it. Right. So I love hearing that. Curious, you know, for you. So I want to talk about this a little bit. Like, so obviously you are helping, you know, other businesses as a constant contact partner, right? You're working with, you know, helping people kind of take advantage of the tools uh, and using email, doing that thing. And you're also using it for yourself. Absolutely. And I think there's also this, uh, sometimes you can get into this uh, world of like, you know, the, the cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? Like, so how do you balance the doing, you know, your client work and what you're doing with them, but then also what you're doing for yourself? Yeah. Great question. It's funny you say it that way, Dave, because I often say that to people too. It's like, you know, when shoemakers, kids have no shoes. <laughs> I will teach a client how to do drip campaigns, automation. I very rarely use drip campaigns in my own practice. I do send an email out every week, every Tuesday afternoon. There's a short email that goes out from me. And what I find is, and, and I enjoy that creative process myself. And people will say, well, gee, what are you going to write about next week or the week after? And oftentimes I say, I don't know, depends how I'm inspired that morning or the week before. But what, for me, the situation with automation is that, you know, I've got some clients who have been using email marketing and they say, you know what, I'd, I'd like to do drip campaigns. So we'll teach them what to do. And they're getting 60% open rates, 70% open rates, which they're thrilled about. For me, the joy I get is when someone who's been on my list for a long time and they may have joined the list because they attended a workshop I did 10 years ago. And to that point, there is somebody who I met at a networking event literally 10 years ago. And he joined my mailing list. And about eight months ago, Dave, he called me and he said, hey, Ken, this is Maurice. We met at the NSA event in whatever year that was. He said, I've been getting your emails every week and you provide some really valuable content. I love the content. But... I need your help. And the thing about the email campaign is that it keeps you top of mind. 
I rarely, if ever, offer something for sale in the emails. The only thing I offer up is listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or try constant contact, check this box, and you know, we'll sign you up. But it's just a matter of staying top of mind. And that's the beauty of email. It's building relationships with people over a period of time. In this particular case, the one I just described, he'd been on my list for a long time before he took that kind of action. Now, whether he worked with other people in between, I don't know. But it built up enough of a relationship that we have with each other. Again, having met each other some time ago where he said, you know what? I know, like, and trust you and your content. Let's work together. So for your own business, you're doing your weekly newsletter. You're also doing your podcast and you're also, I see you active on like LinkedIn, for example. I'm just curious, is there a particular industry that you focus on or a particular type of locale? Like, do you have any specifics on the people that you work with? Yeah, no specific locale. When it comes to what kind of business it might be, I like to work with professionals. I'm mostly a guy who works with B2B type clients. One of the clients is this person that I just mentioned. He actually runs a nonprofit. Another great client is uh, an attorney who does debt collection, and his clients are businesses. There are retail-type businesses that I work with, but the, my preference is to work with people in the B2B environment, business-to-business -business environment. And it just gives me such great joy to help open up their eyes to the kinds of things that they could do without having to invest in a huge staff of people to help get the word out about who they are and what they do. Is your focus when you're working with clients, is it on training them to do the work themselves or is it doing the work for them? Great question. Mostly it's coaching. That's mostly what I prefer to do is I work on the premise of fish for a man or a woman. Yeah, sure. And he or she eats for a day, teach a man or woman to fish, and they eat for a lifetime. And so most clients come to me saying, you know what? I would really love to know email marketing better. Can you teach me what to do? And so that's typically how we get started. But oftentimes, after they've learned what to do and they go, okay, I got it, Two or three months later, they'll call and say, you know what? I love what you taught me, but I'd much rather be running my business. So can you do it for me? Mm, gotcha. So we offer it both ways, coaching and the done-for-you solutions. You said we. So I'll ask, do you have a team that you work with? Is it just you? Like, What is the size of your business these days? It's primarily me. I have a virtual team as well that I pull in as needed. So for instance, a few weeks ago, a local nonprofit, local meaning Orlando, they are using email marketing and they said, you know, we need some help. We're going to switch from this platform to that platform. And we know our list is dirty and we need help cleaning it up. So in that example, I gave them the initial, okay, these are the kinds of things you need to do. And they said, we don't have the staff. Can you do it? So I have a virtual assistant who I've been working with for 10 years. And um, so she's going to do the list cleanup and then I'll take back and take over again from there. Gotcha. As I mentioned earlier, I only work with people and companies that I have personal experience with. I vet everybody I work with so that my client, because I play quarterback and the account executive, it's on me if they're not happy. 
So I want them to be happy. And the best way to do that is to make sure that the people that I connect them with or things that I refer out are with people who I know, like, trust and respect. It's we when it needs to be. Otherwise, it's me. That's like a good, uh, <laughs> it's we when it needs to be. Otherwise, it's me. It's a good little, <laughs> little tag there. Maybe I'll trademark that. I know. You can see what you can do with that one. So walk me through here then, if you're working with a new client, uh, someone you vetted, you've been through all of that process, and now like, okay, we're going to work together. Like, what are the first three things that you do to get them going? First thing I do is I learn a little bit about their business. I want to be sure it's a fit because it may not be. I mean, I was at a networking event last week, and this is crazy to me. I was literally on the way out the door heading to my car, and someone came running after me and said, I need your help with email marketing. <laughs> uh, okay. How'd you find out about me? Uh, but now, so we had a call earlier today on the day that we're recording this. And I said, tell me a little bit about your business, because I want to be sure it's a fit. So I learn about their business learn about who they're trying to reach, what kinds of clients are their best clients. And then we start to put a strategy around how do we make sure that we're attracting the right people, but communicating effectively with them. It's not a one size fits all. So we need to make sure that the messaging is resonating with their client base and their and the leads that come in. So that that lead that comes in can either be warmed up and become a client of theirs, or maybe it's not a right client for them. And so we treat them a little bit differently. And when we think about automation and drip campaigns, they may go down one side of the funnel and somebody else goes down the other side of the funnel. But it's always making sure that they're, we're hitting the client's goals by understanding what those goals are, what the timeline is, what their budget is, and making sure that what we do can fit their goals and aspirations. Gotcha. When you think about that for yourself, just to kind of, because you're, you're talking about goals there, like, are you, uh, like right now, like what are your top priorities for your business? My top priorities are to make sure that uh, my clients are satisfied with the work that we're doing, which because that's what leads to new referrals. And I only accept a limited number of clients at any given time. I don't want to be all things to all people. I want to make sure that we serve our clients with perfection, excellence, because that's what generates the next round of clients. And if I need to have a wait list, then I say, sorry, you know, we're full right now. But if you can wait another month or two, we'll have an opening. But in the meantime, take advantage of these resources. Yeah. Are there any, what do you see as challenges on your way to achieving your goals for, for this year, let's say? challenges for our own business? I would say, yeah, let's start there. Well, you know, I mean, I have to be honest, I've been very fortunate to have a steady flow of clients. And I think one of the risks is uh, having a pipeline that has people that are not willing to wait any longer, and they go look for somebody else. But and And the good news there is I have other people that I'm very happy to refer out to because I've known them a long time. I trust them. I know that they will take care of the client the way I would. What do you attribute that steady flow of clients to? Treating them the way they would like to be treated. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the pregnant pause there. I know. It's like, what? 
All right. Okay. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, just, I was going to see if we were going to go anywhere else. I want to talk a little bit about constant contact specifically. And, you know, and you tell me if you want to go, it sounds like we, we kind of know how you're using it. Uh, I guess maybe we can go into a couple of things. I'd love to know, like, how do you use, we'll do this for yourself. And then I'd like to get into some of the things that you do for clients. Right. But like, so for example, uh, segmentations or tagging, like, are you using any features like that? And how do you think through that stuff for your own business? Oh yeah, we definitely use segmentation. We definitely do targeting. I actually uh, use the Constant Contact web tool. That's my own website is built on the Constant Contact platform, which I know for brand new clients isn't uh, available. I use social media. Oh my gosh. I think that's one of the best kept secrets in Constant Contact is the social media tool. Far and away because it it competes head on with tools that a lot of people know about Hootsuite and Buffer and I was using all of those but when Constant Contact rolled it out and I tried it I said oh my gosh this is so simple to use and the fact that you can respond you can first of all the analytics are great that you can check the engagement you can reply to uh, people who respond, who engage with your posts right from within the platform. It's beautiful. The other things I love about Constant Contact, and I'm a partner of other companies too, but every time I get a new client, the first thing I ask them if they're not already using another product, is I say, are you familiar with Constant Contact? Let me do a quick demonstration for you. And the person I was referring to earlier uh, is using a different platform, but she said, oh my gosh, it's so clunky. <laughs> yeah. You know, we did a Zoom call and I, and I said, here, let me just show you how it works. And we did a little bit of automation showing her how easy it is to set up a drip campaign with, you know, she wanted something like 12 to 15 emails to follow the initial one after somebody joins their mailing list. So that was very easy to demonstrate. I have a lot of lists, but I also do a lot of targeting and a lot of segmentation. So the right people get the right message at the right time. And people who shouldn't receive certain messages, maybe it's to uh, market a workshop that I'm doing in the central Florida area. Well, someone on my list who lives in LA or San Francisco or Dallas, they're not going to attend a, an on-site workshop in Orlando. So that's one way that I use segmenting and targeting and tagging to make sure just the right people get those emails. Now, when it comes to your customers, your clients, mm -hmm. what are some of your, how does constant contact fit into the work that you do, do there? Like, what, is it, what does it do for you when you're working with your clients? Well, what constant contact does for me when I'm working with the clients is that it just makes it very simple for them. If I create an email campaign for a client, and they want to do something maybe a little bit different, or maybe they're not getting the engagement that they're looking for. So we'll go in and use the tools that Constant Contact has built in to try to better reach those who are least engaged, right? And send them something special. The ability to have things uploaded into the library and only have certain types of clients or people on a mailing list get access to those assets. It's so easy to do. And when a client of ours who says, you know what, I'd like to try to do this on my own, we'll hold their hand. We're not just going to set them free and say, yeah, good luck to you. 
But when they see how easy it is to do those things on their own, it just makes it, A, an easy sell for me, but B, it helps build a stronger relationship between ourselves and our clients because they see that the tools that we're using to help them grow are so simple to use. Well, here's a question. I'd like to start, again, putting on your own business owner hat. And if there's a, a business out there similar to yours, uh, working with clients and, and doing those types of things, you know, what would be your number one tip for a similar business using Constant Contact? Start small. A lot of the hesitation I hear from people is they say, well, my list isn't big enough. And my response is, it's not a matter of how big your list is, it's the quality of your list. And if the people on your list are people that know, like, and trust you already, that's an ideal place to start. And people are forgiving. And if you make a mistake, the odds are you're the only one that's going to see that mistake, whatever it might happen to be. And that's how you build loyalty. My wife is a life coach. Her list is under 300 people. She has a 70% open rate, 70%. And it's not so much about the fact that it's a huge open rate. It's that these are people who look forward to receiving something from her. And so in that way, she's building relationships with them that are even stronger than they were before. And she's got herself a nice little cottage business, sending emails out once a week that uh, for the most part, it's things that are top of mind. But the devotion that her clients have to her is just amazing. And it's because of email. Because even though the list is small by most standards, under 300 people, she couldn't possibly call all 300 people every week. And this is a way to just continue to grow that relationship with each one of them on pretty much a personal basis. I love that you say that because I think that's one of the almost one of the traps of like social media, right? And, and just even, even if you're just reading the news today, right? In terms of like the businesses that people are covering, right? In terms of that type of thing where everything is about like, oh, but that person has hundreds of thousands of followers and this person has, you know, this and that. And I, I love your point here of that. You don't need that size of things. Sure, some businesses may, it depends on where you go, but you have to kind of grow to get there, right? And I think starting small, I actually like the idea of Spartans Ball. I always, I mean, I was having this conversation with somebody today because, I mean, I think, you know, Ken, I just started an email list from scratch, right? Like, because I wanted to go through that process and start to see what I can do. And listen, right now I've got like maybe 30 people on that list, right? And like, but what that allows me to do is pay attention to who showed up and then know, what do I need to do? What conversations do I need to have? What content do I need to create to be valuable to those people? Which at a certain point, I will ask those people to, you know, hey, if you're enjoying this, please share it with somebody else that may get value for it, right? And you start to really understand your audience really well. And I think there's a blessing in being able to start small sometimes because it's those things that, sure, if it gets big, you don't have to do other things. But for now, it allows me to really understand who those people are, right? And I like that about it. Yeah, I liken it to being a speaker. As you know, I'm a public speaker too. I speak at trade shows and other events. And I often say when asked, well, how big was your audience? And I come back with the same kind of response I give when I talk about email. I say, I'd much rather be in a room of 50 people than 5,000 people because you get to make that connection. 
And you're not just the talking head at the front of the room. You're actually building relationships with the fewer people that are in the room that are longer lasting. And you're much more likely to be more memorable and a future resource to them when they know that you've taken the time to get to know a little bit about who they are and what they do and what their needs are. Yeah. I want to switch us back to your, put on your coaching hat here for us. What are you seeing work for clients today? Uh, What I'm seeing work for clients is if they keep it simple, just keep it simple. And one of the ways I illustrate that, Dave, we talk about constant contact again, is I show them the heat map of an email campaign they send out. And it always blows them away when they see that the emails that they had sent in the past that had four, five, six articles and eight things to click on. And the only stuff that's clicked on is the stuff at the top of the email. And I say, look, people don't scroll. They'll pay attention to the first item or two in your email. So don't sweat this idea that you don't have enough content to go out. Just keep it simple because people are just going to spend a few seconds on your email. Your idea is to just keep your brand up front. Make sure you're top of mind. Give them enough that they look forward to the next email they're going to get from you. And I think that's the big takeaway that, you know, oftentimes until they see it in living proof with the heat map, uh, they're like, no, that can't be. And, I, they, and when they see it, they go, oh, my gosh, yeah, I'm spending days creating an email. Maybe I'll just spend half an hour. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I have a similar story. I just want to mention for any constant contact customers listening out there is like, definitely check out that heat map, particularly if you're in a situation, because I know sometimes, right, you get into this scenario where sometimes people lean on the side of like, well, I don't want to email too much. Right. And so then they try to cram a whole bunch of things into an email. And I was with a customer and we were talking through the newsletters that she was sending out. And I had said, I was like, well, typically what we recommend people do is, you know, maybe do an introduction and then maybe have three things max in there because just it gets to be too much. And then instead of trying to send once a week or, or like, you know, I shouldn't say once a month, like send twice a month, right? Like break it up so you can give people more time to actually consume that information. And we dug into, we looked at one of our newsletters that had like a whole bunch of stuff in it. We did the whole heat map thing, just like you're saying. And then we went into another one where she had sent out and she actually did have three things. And it was like a night and day difference. She was like, whoa, like, look at like all the action I'm getting on these things. And then I'm getting like, boom, boom. And then like nothing. Right. And so it's like, yeah, because like, it's just, it's too much, (laughs) right? Like people don't want to spend that amount of time with it. You know, it's just a, it's, we're in a fast paced world as well. And so you're not always going to have the time to like go through every bit of information, particular if it's a ton. So that I love that. Keep it simple. Um, Ken, I'd like to ask, you know, twofold questions here. I'd like to start with having done this for 22 years, what is your best piece of business advice you could offer to someone else? The best piece of advice I can offer is keep your life simple. Keep focused. Don't try to do too much. Rome wasn't built in a day. Everything takes time. Be great at what you do. And once you get great at what you do, that'll give you permission to try something else. But don't steer away from the things that you're doing that are working. They're working for a reason. I love that. Best piece of marketing advice? Use email marketing. Don't chase the next bright, shiny new thing. People 
I get very enamored with all the, and we talked about this earlier, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, you know, what will be the next hot thing next week? Stick with the stuff that's working. And if you want to take a look at and see what else is going on, that's great. Uh, you can't put your head in the sand and ignore it. But by the same token, make sure you stick with the things that have been working for a long time, because the odds are pretty good they'll continue to work for a long time. Well, friend, let's recap some items from that discussion. Number one, you don't have to do anything overly advanced to get results with email marketing. Remember Ken's story about the woman who shifted her focus to email marketing? She went from 50000 in revenue to 750000 by the end of the year. Those results came from doing some basic things with email. Number two, the beauty of email is building relationships over time. Consistent email campaigns will keep your business top of mind. And once people know, like, and trust you enough, they'll reach out because they want to work together. And number three, don't try to do too much. You can keep things simple and still get great results. And don't feel like you need to chase every shiny new thing. Focus on things that are proven to work, like email marketing. And here's some action items for you. If you're a marketing professional who manages digital marketing for clients, or maybe you're interested in reselling Constant Contact, I invite you to check out the Constant Contact Partner Program. I'll include a link in the show notes for you. And if you're a small business owner looking for someone to help directly with your digital marketing and Constant Contact, I'll include a link to the agency directory so you can find someone that makes sense for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. If you have questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly at dave.charest at constantcontact.com. If you did enjoy today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. Your honest feedback will help other small business marketers like yourself find the show. Well, friend, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and continued success to you and your business. Mm-hmm.